Broncos Blitz podcast. It was the first day of training camp. Sean, who's your starting quarterback? Come on. Uh, today? Yeah, well, decide. Yeah, yeah, if the decision right. needs to be made, if you've looked at Twitter, it's team Trevor, Team Paxton, go. Who, who you right. Got? Well, I'll tell you what. At the moment, I, I will say it's Paxton Lynch because I think that everything we've seen in the offseason, the hiring of Vance Joseph, the hiring of Mike McCoy leads me to believe that uh, the field is slightly tipped as we okay. begin this competition towards Paxton Lynch that uh, John Elway traded up in the first round to get him. I think that they're going to do everything they can to give him that job. But I don't think Trevor Simeon's necessarily going to let them take it away. Okay. All right, so there you go, listeners. There was uh, probably what a lot of you were expecting uh, or wanting to hear. Um, but I will give it a proper introduction now. This is the Broncos Blitz podcast. I am Ryan Green. Across from me at the FanDraft restaurant in Parker, Colorado, is Sean Drotar. Jake Marsing, of course, down in Arkansas. Fayetteville, Arkansas. Because, I guess, money... Um, so yeah, but oh, just... I thought it was the scenery. Is it? The, it wasn't. <laughs> they have oh, scenery down there. Okay. Wow. All right. I guess I do have to check Arkansas out. Um, but Sean, it's the first day of training camp. Uh, talked about quarterbacks. At, at first day, I'm not going to make any, you know, decisions or, or, or oh, this guy looks extremely better than the other. Whatever. But um, what were you? Some of your takeaways? First day out there. What did you see from the guys? What did you? What, it was like the one thing that kind of just stood out to you. Well, these first days of training camps for a lot of NFL teams, not just the Broncos, are, are mainly an exercise in practicing how to practice right. at first. Yes. And, and especially when you have uh, new coaches, whether it's new assistants uh-huh. or new head coaches, the Broncos have, of course, both in this case. So uh, it was abbreviated. It went almost an hour shorter than expected. So yeah. apparently uh, Vance Joseph and his coaching staff must have seen uh, something that they were happy enough with to move on mm-hmm. uh, for the day. But uh, I, I think this is just really the start of a lot of things. You want the rookies to get their feet wet. You want them to get acclimated to the setting. And you want everyone to at least hear their new coaches for a day and, and ha- get an idea of how things are going to run as the process moves on. So I, I don't think there's much to learn from it today, except for the fact that Devontae Booker uh, has will have surgery mm-hmm. uh, presently as far as we're recording this right now and he might be having it right now but right. Uh, he will be out for six weeks which is a tough development for the Broncos because the day before yeah, at man. the media briefing for the year uh, Vance Joseph indicated that quite frankly it sounded like Devontae Booker was in line to have a, a legitimate chance at the starting job right. which there are probably fans going wait but they have CJ Anderson and they have Jamal Charles well they do but Vance Joseph said that uh, Charles was definitely number three on the depth chart and said that C.J. Anderson needed to be more durable and pointed out that Booker was going to split first-team reps in practice from the get-go with Anderson. So you're talking about a guy that maybe potentially had a a starting role or at the very minimum a a decent role ready to be carved out, and at least for the next six weeks, uh, that's gone. And for Devontae Booker, he may have to kind of press the reset button when he gets back and perhaps climb over Jamal Charles to to get that kind of carries. And I don't know if I'd like that necessarily. (laughs) Right, it's weird how just an injury to one player all of a sudden makes one position extremely thin. Uh, that was the one thing I got when Devontae Booker went down. I get okay, so you got injury-prone CJ. More injury-prone Jamal Charles. Jamal Charles, who's, who a lot of people I were talking to didn't even know if he would make the team. But, I'm, you know, I'm one of those this. guys that's not convinced right. he'll make it. So, he probably will now as long as he stays healthy. Right. So I think Broncos fans need to familiarize themselves with the name Bernard Pierce mm-hmm. and D'Angelo Henderson, of course. The uh, Boy, he is tiny, man. He was standing next to Vic Lombardi, and Vic Lombardi was taller than him. Well, <laughs> must be, that's bad. Vic, Vic was much smaller. Yeah. 
but it's, it, it was... That, it, and that, that low to the, the ground build is actually pretty good for a lot of running oh, backs. Yeah. Henderson is obviously a guy the Broncos take a long look at, but I'm glad you mentioned Pierce. This morning on Mile High Sports Radio, that was the guy that I pointed out because I thought that Pierce, who's now uh, 26 years old, five years in the league, uh, looked impressive in flashes in Baltimore. Maybe he's one of those guys that may be able to use a change of scenery. He was out there running in the number 30 jersey, Terrell Davis's old jersey. It was in the Oof. Hall of Fame. But uh, looked like a college player. Had it all tucked in yeah. under the pads, uh-huh. showing off the abs. He looked like he was in shape. And, and all of a sudden, he woke up this morning with uh, an opportunity that uh, he certainly didn't expect, but one that he might be able to take advantage of. Absolutely. So uh, one of the things I got from this uh, day was just the energy was completely different. And I know that people think that, you know, I, I was one of them where I'm like, okay, that's just how that person felt that one day. But you could tell that it's it's kind of an anxious feeling themselves out because, you know, they had Kubiak last year. They were coming off the Super Bowl. They knew they were just kind of in the, you know, in the flow of that. And, and you were post-Peyton Manning, so right. I, I think there was a there was a, always a feeling there would be a step back. There was a a hangover. There was right. just a mental hangover. It just felt like, oh, well, this is this is different. But this year it was, all right, let's go. Let's get out there. Let's, let's start going. Um, I mean, Demarcus Walker, the rookie, uh, had some type of, I don't know if it's heat exhaustion, but he was just got a little warm, and Coach Joseph said, yeah, that's just a guy going out there trying too hard. Um, so that's, you know, well, while you don't want players passing out on the field, I think that's good. I think that's the energy you, you want. Um, I actually kind of like that they ended practice early. Uh, you don't really need a three-hour first-day practice. Uh, you're not you're not doing anything. The training camp is very long. And right. It's often very hot. Yes. And and when guys are tired, uh, that's when the injuries occur. Mm-hmm. So I think that there is always going to be a balancing act there when you realize, look, if the guys look a little bit gassed, if it's a hot day, you know, they're, they're not. Let's be honest, they are not out of shape. Right. Training camp used to be about guys who let themselves go in the off season, then they had to come into training camp, and then right. they try to lose 20 pounds, yeah, yeah, yeah. sweating it off up in Greeley. Uh-huh. Uh, they don't need to do that anymore. Guys work out all year round. They, nobody comes into camp right. significantly out of shape. Right. C.J. Anderson's had some issues in the past, but even C.J. was maybe 10 pounds heavier he than he was trim. to be, yeah. and, and today he was trim. So I think if you see that these guys are in shape, they're working hard the way you want them to work, and it's just hot outside, yeah, call it, because injuries derail a team as much as any other issue in the NFL. All right, so watching practice, were there any players that kind of just caught your eye? Whether it was they made just a few plays where you go, oh, that was that guy made a play again. Um, anyone, or even just physically? Well, a, a couple things. I mean, Darren Stewart made a, an early interception of uh, Paxton Lynch. Paxton Lynch tried to go over the middle, threw very, very hard. It, it went through a couple guys that also could have picked it off, and then it <laughs> landed in, in Stewart's arms. I don't think that tells very much about Darren Stewart. We know what kind of player he is. But, right. And I don't think even this early it says all that much about Paxton Lynch. But uh, he's the guy that's going to have to cut those down. The one thing that really will keep him from getting that starting job is continued mistakes and throwing interceptions. And Ask and Mark Sanchez. Yeah. yeah that's, <laughs> and that's a tough job when you're facing the no-fly zone yeah. when you're sitting there with God. the first-teamers. So uh, he, he stood out a bit. It was less about Stewart, more about some of the decision-making from Lynch that mm-hmm. was kind of questionable. In fact, looking at the early quarterback, uh, situation, what I noticed was uh, what everyone kind of knows. Paxton Lynch has a, has a stronger arm, tries to use it, but maybe the decision-making isn't good right. enough. Uh, Trevor Simeon, a more conservative quarterback, the decision-making looks better, but not as strong an arm. And you put them together, you probably have a really good quarterback, but they're going to have to basically <laughs> decide if they want brains over brawn at some point. But the other guy that impressed me out there, I obviously harp on the Broncos' offensive line, and I think I'm justified in doing so, is it's a revolving door year yeah. after year. 
Uh, Garrett Bowles, as, as a, as a right. rookie, looked very impressive, as you mentioned, physically. Uh-huh. They weren't really running even plays today. They didn't have They, pads they, were, they on. were in they were drills. Yeah. But they, the strength of, of Garrett Bowles was immediately on display. He's mm-hmm. a very strong, very powerful guy who has a good forward lean and, and has the potential to be an absolutely devastating blocker. I did not expect to see that kind of strength in person being able to be used against guys who are veterans in the NFL so quickly. Right, it's a absolutely. good sign. The guy that stood out to me was also on the offensive line, but it was basically physical, um, just visually, how he physically looked, was Menelik Watson. He, is, he may be the largest human being on this He's team. a big man. He is a large man. Now, I did see Von Blow right by him, but Von Blow's right by a bunch of people. But um, he is a large guy, and I think, I think you're right. I think while there, there, there's... Still questions about the talent on the offensive line. The attitude is certainly going to be different. Uh, I think that's what Elway wanted. Um, you know, that's kind of they, they they got worked last year. You know, the offense think, was not good. It was... I think everyone's, or, or at least the permanent image that is burned into my brain is Tyson Brylow's torn sleeves as Justin Houston is getting his third sack. That like that was the offensive line last year. So if you can at least get guys that will punch you in the mouth. It'll at least slow some people down, saying, "Oh, okay. Well, maybe I'll get punched in the mouth if I go after this guy, rather than I'm just going to blow right by him." Yeah, yeah. The, the good way to liken it, I guess, to, to look at another sport is in basketball. And you think about in basketball, some small point guard, really quick, he drives the lane, going for the layup, and and if no one gets in his way, well, he's just going to keep doing it. But right. every once in a while, you you have a center who decides, you know what? I think I'm just going to put you in the first row right. and take the two foul shots, uh, even though it's a penalty make sure that you plant that in that guy's head and he's not quite as aggressive the rest right. of the game and I think that that's a good point you make the Broncos made a late draft uh, the night before training camp began getting Alan Barber from the Philadelphia Eagles right. for a late conditional pick in 2019 which they only get if he makes the roster so literally nothing nothing literally uh, nothing 10-year veteran a guy that has started more than a, a two dozen games for the Eagles over the last couple of years both at guard and at tackle and I think that makes things interesting for Max Garcia I mean mm-hmm. you could you could envision a, a starting lineup on the offensive line for the Broncos uh, going left to right Garrett Bowles right. Alan Barber Matt Paradis uh, Ron Leary and Menelik Watson that is four out of the five guys being new starters. Yeah. And it would be hard to argue that they don't need it. That's true. I think when you look at the offensive line, you know, uh, especially with, with you know, the the addition of Barber, it doesn't hurt anything. It, it's, I don't think That's he's coming It's a free look. To, yeah, it's a free look. Uh, again, for nothing. And uh, if you remember the last time the Broncos signed a Eagles guard uh, when they had a new head coach, uh, I think they went to the Super Bowl. I'm, I'm not... I'm not saying they're going to the Super Bowl, but again, it's it's it, it shows that they at least know where their weaknesses are, and they, I again, I, I, I we we both said it. They just gave up nothing. It's a great just deal for the Broncos. And even if he game. doesn't start, I mean, I, I don't look at a situation where Barber doesn't make this roster because he can play guard, he mm-hmm. can play tackle. So at very well, minimum, you have a guy that you can move around as a backup. So, I mean, that, that was a no-brainer pickup for the Broncos. Right. Good choice. And I thought maybe he could even be the center since Paradis is coming off hip surgery. You know, he's got two bad hips. Maybe they're just taking a look at a veteran center that, that or a veteran guy that at least knows defenses and can call out stuff. 
Um, you know, centers are, are sometimes referred to as the second quarterback because they're making the line changes. They're calling out who's Mike and all that stuff and giving. Unfortunately, giving calls. for the Broncos' offensive line problems, the one they have in Matt Paradis is is arguably one of the two or three best in the league. Right. So, so at least you build from I the center get hurt. Yeah. out, yeah. and it's a it's a good choice. The Broncos, uh, and, and if you want a good sign too, Alan Barber found out about that trade at the same time all of us did yesterday evening. Oh, yeah, when, when uh, the guy I was producing for was on air. I couldn't get that. There you go. <laughs> yes, and yes. Uh, he was in pads on the field he today. Yeah. Literally said goodbye to his family, flew out late night, ended up in Denver, and was on the practice field with the rest of the guys at the exact same time. In fact, the Broncos, uh, I think, were t- so caught by surprise even by that that the reason they did not have rosters to hand out to the media today was they were waiting for Alan Barber's number to be selected so before they could print it back wow. out. Or right. number 73 in your program uh, if you're interested. All right. Um, what should fans looking forward to going to training camp? You know, Thursday a lot of people still had to work. Uh, so if you're coming out to training camp Friday, Saturday, what should they be looking at? Well, I, I think first and foremost, just enjoy it. The Broncos have actually added a few things uh, now that there are some misters available. New misters. That's a lifesaver. There are food trucks, so the hungry kids that you might be bringing out. Oh, that's, yeah. That's okay. They, they can get something to eat. So the, the Broncos have tried to refine the fan experience. It's a regular party deck over there. Yeah, and on the autograph sessions have been extended five minutes as well, oh, all which right. was a nice touch by the Broncos. I'll get but over there. Uh, I think you'll want to look primarily at the offense, the defense. Uh, there are concerns, but you look at the starters, there's not, not a lot of starting positions to be won. I, I think Especially we know on the defense. Yeah, 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 on the defense, you're looking at a situation where it's uh, uh, Demarcus Walker. Can he maybe unseat Jared Crick, I suppose, on the defensive end? Uh, we know DeMato Pecco was added. That, that nose tackle job is more than likely his. Derek Wolf is there. The linebackers are, are set. There is possibly a challenge to Todd Davis in the middle, uh, but that, that has yet to materialize, and certainly the, the four guys in the backfield aren't going anywhere. Right. It is all about the offense. Yeah. Potentially four to five starters in the offensive line, as we discussed. They need to find a third wide receiver. Carlos Henderson gets the first crack at that, and I would be surprised if he doesn't take it. Oh, yeah. But you look at the Broncos' depth behind those three, really behind the two of Sanders and Thomas. You're talking about a rookie in Henderson, and then Cody Latimer, who has yet to really do anything at the pro uh-huh. level. Benny Fowler, who has maybe showed a flash here and there, but he's probably not going to be a guy you're going to count on. He, he cost the Broncos some games last year. Right. I think, and they, then, I think uh, they're taking note. Isaiah McKenzie, who is right. uh, significantly smaller than either of us. He will be the punt returner. He's a punt returner, yeah. really, even he, though he's listed as he a wide He was taking receiver. all the reps at punt returner. There's no one else. That's the guy. Yeah, that and then is you're, you're looking at guys like you know, Anthony Nash out of, out of Duke, an undrafted rookie free agent. So the, the Broncos wide receiver depth. Oh, uh, Jordan Taylor. Sunshine, Jordan Taylor is now. there. But yeah. the Broncos depth is, is untested. I think it's the fair true. way to That's say it. That's a good point. And you know the starters are there, but since the Broncos have had a problem finding receiving tight ends, and while they may have solved that with Jake Butt, he's not going to be able to play until October. So right. finding that third wide receiver and finding some consistency there is going to be very important for whoever wins the quarterback position, given all the flux on the offense. So to me, yeah, pay attention to the offense. Pay attention to the special teams. Uh, not only who the guys the returning kicks are, but also the guys who are blocking, because that was where the Broncos broke down a lot as well. You can have the best returner in the world, but if they can't hold their lanes, if they can't uh, attack the, the, the those return games quite uh, appropriately, then it doesn't help you at all. Absolutely. Uh, if you're a fan, just go out and enjoy Von Miller. Uh, he was eating up Broncos country today. You know, even they were doing some linebacker fade route interception drill, which... I doubt any of them will be doing, you know, 
Oh yeah, once the season starts, we're not going to spend a lot of time. Yeah, on Yeah, exactly. But boy, Vaughn was cheering them up, getting them all pumped up. So I, I think uh, Vaughn Vaughn has embraced the role of yeah. Th- there is no Peyton Manning. There is no Demarcus Ware. The face of the organization from top to bottom, despite the the amazing talents of Demarius Thompson, Emmanuel uh, Sanders, Chris Harris, uh, they have remarkable talent on this team. But uh, Vaughn Miller is the beating heart and soul of the Broncos. Yeah. And I think coming into this season, he has fully embraced it. And it's not that he's going to turn into DeMarcus Ware. No. And be this sort of quiet, steadying presence. He's not going to be Peyton Manning, a guy who is uh, self-deprecating the press and absolutely fiery on the field right. to his teammates. Yeah. Uh, Vaughn Miller is a loosey-goosey, relaxed, hey, this is football, it's fun yeah. kind of guy. And I don't think he's going to not be that, but it, it's going to be a, a change. I also think that that can be healthy. I think mm-hmm. having a guy who basically says, hey, guys, we get paid to come out and play football. It's pretty great. Right. I, I'm not sure that that's not something that the Broncos can value and maybe lighten some of the pressure that is upon them after the third-place finish and, and, quite frankly, expectations from the national media that the Broncos won't be any better this year. Absolutely. Yeah, Vaughn. Peyton Manning, uh, I guess I'll say Tim Tebow, but those are the type of guys that no matter what they did, they were getting cheers from the fans, whether it was in a game or at practice. Von Miller's now that guy. He'll run out on the field, the fans are cheering. He'll he'll catch a pass in warm-ups, the fans are cheering. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned he'll Tebow. He'll dance a little bit, but the fans are still cheering. That's, that's what he is now. Now I'm a little unnerved because when you mentioned that, if you're saying, who's Von Miller the most similar to, it's Tebow. No, 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 no. Von's, Von's his own self. Let's let's okay. let, let's leave him at that. So if I'm trying to make comparisons, um, I'm like, oh, no. No, no, no. I'm, I'm just saying, in terms of the guy that the fans will cheer on, no matter what, there's not going to be a Team Shane Ray and a Team Von Miller. It's Von Miller, you know? It's... If, if you oh, had to go... And if you were to ask Shane Ray, he'd tell you, that's just fine with him. Right, he'll right, enjoy right, this. right. Yeah, he'll yeah. enjoy not being double-teamed <laughs> all year right, long. Exactly. Exactly. So I like, like you were saying, I like that Vaughn has embraced that. I like that he probably now sees that he doesn't need to be what DeMarcus and Peyton Manning were, that same type of leadership where he can just be Vaughn Miller. And when the time comes, and he said it in, in quotes last year, you know, if, if there's a problem, I'll be the partition. You know, that's, that's what he wants to be. He wants to be the goofy Vaughn, you know, dancing, all that stuff. But if he needs to be, he'll step in and say, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm the veteran here. Let's let's get let's get back to it. So it is good to just see that that embrace of the leadership. From yeah, because he look he's a, he's a fun loving guy and he really is. But I, you watch him on the field, he's playing for keeps. He's a guy oh, that yeah. is, is very serious when he gets out on yeah. the field and and don't necessarily be fooled by the idea that Von Miller is such a, a light and bouncy personality. Right. You can yeah. ask all the uh, the tackles that he's run Dude. around and the running backs that he's absolutely plastered and the quarterbacks uh, that they've had to peel off the turf if Von Miller takes things lightly. Yeah. No, the one move I saw against Menelik Watson, it was the same take the guy and just rip him down in, that we saw in the Super Bowl. And I was like, oh yeah, that's Von Miller. That's that's what he does. Welcome to training. And he has Menelik one speed, Watson. which yeah. is phenomenal. Yeah, and that's great. All right, Sean. I think that's going to do it for this episode, the Broncos Blitz. Uh, we will be out here. I'm going to be out here all weekend. Um, I'll be out here every day that they have it until they. Me too. Unless the sunburn gets too ridiculous. Well, that, um, well that's a good. That's. Uh, <laughs> it's we're we're dealing in an auditory medium, but uh, I am I am let's just say prone to sunburn. <laughs> I'm not a tan man. Right. So we will be. Um, Back at it, back at the podcast probably next week. Uh, look for it Monday. We'll give you a little summary of, of all the happenings 
uh, over the weekend. I don't. Do you know when the first day of pads is? Well, no, and, and okay. I don't think it's necessarily scheduled. I think oh, that's right. something that the coaches will kind of decide. I don't on. expect it tomorrow. No, I don't expect it tomorrow. And, and you might see it Saturday okay. to an extent because they like putting on a bit of show for the fans. Right. Those are the, the weekend days are the biggest days. So you might see a little bit of pads on Saturday and, and see where we go. And we'll uh, we can save some of that quarterback talk for later because <laughs> I know we'll be touching on it again. It's not and being again. decided today. And again, and the funny part is, uh, I will leave you leave with this, though, this whole hey, are you Team Paxton, Team Trevor. They're both making the team. Right. They, they're both they're making both the team. Orange, right? It's not Mad Max Thunderdome. Yeah. It's not, you know, two <laughs> men enter, one man leaves. They're both going to be on the Denver Broncos. Right. And the truth is there were only nine teams in the NFL last year that had their starting quarterback take every snap. Oh, I, I think if anyone thinks one quarterback is taking all the snaps this year, they're sadly mistaken. And that's not the correct way of thinking. So no reason in Broncos country to divide yourself over the quarterbacks. You'll, you'll probably see them mm-hmm. both at some point anyway. It is a fun competition, though. All right, that'll do it for myself and Sean Drotar. Again, you can check out 5280 Sports Network for video content. We had a uh, interview with head coach Vance Joseph. Oh, before, yeah, that guy. Uh, that guy. Right. Before, he might be of interest to Broncos yeah, fans. You, or, or Buff fans, yeah. uh, apparently. Uh, I, I heard him refer to Alfred Williams and Charles Johnson as family right. on the sideline. I felt a little left out. Um, but I get it. Well, I, I get mean, it. You know, I was you're at technically CU. family. I was there when Vance Joseph was there. <laughs> so, yeah. But uh, anyways, make sure to check out 50, uh, 5280 Sports Network for all that content. Tweets. You can follow Sean Drotar on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter. Follow Nate Lundy. All the guys at 5280 Sports Network. Um, so, yeah. For Sean, I'm Ryan. We'll, uh, we'll see you later. <laughs>